Welcome into another edition of the Trib Preps podcast here on LacrosseTribune.com. I'm your host, Zach James, and along with me this week, the usual suspects of sports reporter Colton Bartholomew and assistant sports editor Todd Summerfeld. In this episode, it's state basketball time for the boys in Madison. They'll be gearing up for two semifinal games on Friday. In the Division 5 side, Bangor will play Columbus Catholic at about 10.45 on Friday in the Cole Center in Madison. And then in Division 2 play, Central plays Milwaukee Washington, a familiar face to last year's state semifinal. And that will be played at around 3 o'clock, 3.05, depending on how long the first semifinal goes. Both of you went out there, went out to the respective schools this week to uh, talk about these games coming up and uh, what each team is feeling about uh, coming up. So let's start with Central. Uh, they're dominant. They're twenty and two this year. Their two losses have been to Brookfield Central and Minnehaha Academy. That Minnehaha loss, obviously coming during the Midwest Players Classic. Todd, what's going to be a couple big keys for Central? as they prepare for Milwaukee Washington for the second year in a row? Uh, from talking to the team, uh, turnovers were a big deal last year. I mean, that's kind of how things got away from in the second half. Um, they they also know what kind of team they're they're up against. Washington is very good. It has a lot of those same mm-hmm. kids back from last year. Uh, the change at point guard um, from last year who hit some big shots in the second half, but they just happened to get a freshman transfer who has yeah. an offer from Kansas. <laughs> uh, in there with the in Trey White, so uh, they had good players coming back. Anyways, Michael Foster, um, Deontay Long being the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you throw in Trey White with that six six kid. Um, obviously, the Kansas offer tells you all you need to know about him. Yep, yeah, he's good. But eighteen points a game, six rebounds. Uh, just be another uh, another weapon that that Central will have to be ready to handle. But uh, if Central has to go out there and stay together as a team and try to execute the game plan and not get rattled if it doesn't go exactly the way they want it to go. What has Coach Todd Frickert said about their seeding? Seed third, not that it matters, 2-3 no, yeah, seed, not really. But play, 2-3 will play. But, I mean, it's, it's going to give you more fire. To, yeah, you would to, think. I mean, they were ranked number two all season by the yeah. Associated Press, and then it comes down to seeding time. The team that was ranked fifth, I believe, jumps them for with the second losses, seed. With but, five losses, but, but, yeah. Losses to really good teams. True, yeah. And the argument that, that Washington should be the two, I mean, you can make that argument. You can make the same argument for Central. They'll, they'll play each other. I think the players get a little fire out of it more than Fergit. Anybody knows Todd Fergit. He's not going to be preaching that to his, his kids. Um, yeah. But the kids know that they, they got leapfrogged when it came to seeding. Um, it didn't change the matchup at all, but they're still going in as the three. And... And, you know, it could have a lot to do with the fact that they lost last year and both teams are essentially the same. Um, <laughs> Outside so, of a Kansas offer. Well, and, <laughs> and, and, and the couple of guys that they're missing from last year, too, Washington. Um, but their better players were younger players last year, and they're all back on the court. So when you talk to Central about getting ready for Washington, it, it's like talking to, you know, and on Alaska or somebody else around here about getting ready for Central. There's a lot of weapons to, to get ready for, and... and and so now they're dealing with what a lot of teams are dealing with when they have to match up with them. And, but that's what these games are going to be when you get to state, especially in Division Two, because Division Two is, has been brutal for a couple of years now. Really, really good teams. Uh, I, I think these are going to be – I'm not sure how great the first semifinal is going to be with, with Nicolay and, and Elkhorn. Elkhorn's good. Nicolay is 
fantastic team. There's, everybody calls them Nicolay AU <laughs> after the transfers that they've had. I mean, we talk about the one coming to Washington. Nicolay had a whole bunch uh, go to the school this year. So um, they're going to be the favorite in this thing as, as the top seed. But I think that Central Washington game is going to be great, and I think the championship game certainly has potential to be a great one too. Even with Washington adding a 6'5 freshman who has an offer at Kansas, can this still be a close game? Oh, Absolutely. I think Central can, but Colton saw them play last year. Yeah, so yeah, you saw them play last year. I want to jump on something you said, Todd, that it was a lot like Central or other teams around here getting ready to play Central. And I think, and I wrote a column about it after their game last year, but like Milwaukee Washington just plays Central's game where they're always in your face and they're pressuring the ball, they're jumping passing lanes. And the problem is they just played it better. And if that happens again, Central's going to have a really tough night. Mm -hmm. It's just figuring out a way to control the ball because Central's going to have to play a little bit differently than they're used to. They can get away with some, some bad turnovers or some mistakes offensively because their half-court defense is usually good enough and they rarely run into a team that can out-transition them. This is one of those rare teams. Yep. So they've got to be really smart with the ball. I know you said when you are talking to Terrence Thompson, some of the other guys that they've got to be, you know, they got to eliminate the dumb turnovers, and some of them still haunt them to this day, and they've yeah, got yeah. a good story coming on that. But just the, the amount of turnovers that they had, and the thing about – uh, Milwaukee, Washington. His turnovers become either dunks on the other oh, end or yes. layups. It's <laughs> that, not. That was the case yeah, no. Year. There's no, no in, in between. between. It is yeah. a there's a it's steal, a, an immediate dunk, or immediate layup. Yeah, and no defense. Half court, you know, half court setup or something like that. Yeah, yeah, guys are sprinting. And, yeah, so they they turned those turnovers into a lot of points last year. And uh, for for Central, you just get, you, taking care of the ball, and they've got to make shots. Like they're not going to be able to get away with a bad shooting night and still win. It's got to come down to taking care of the ball. I'm talking like single-digit turnovers, and they've got to make more threes than they usually have to. And we'll see if Central can do that. And like you said, you saw me saw that game last year. As an athlete, we're both more recent than you, Todd. Sorry, you're a little bit uh, older. But uh, does that – how much do you think the Central kids have thought about that in oh, the last year? I mean, especially when you talk about – Two years ago, a, a good core of this team is hoisting the gold ball. They come back. They're they're retooled, obviously, without Kobe King and Bailey Kale yeah. and the, the seniors of that yeah. crew that led them to the state championship. But then they get retooled. They think, hey, it's our time now. We're going to go do it again. Then they get stomped. They, they didn't lose that game. They, they were out of it with 10 minutes left. Yeah. They, they, was they, not were, they were ahead, and then it ended up, what, 12? Something yeah, like but, it, but they were ahead and then fell behind. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, it was ugly for a they stretch. And they, of, yeah, yeah, they were taken out of the game. And the I think that just showed a little bit of maybe immaturity probably isn't fair because I don't know what was in their heads it, at the time. Just never being in that situation because their losses yes. last season, they were close. And they were like two in Alaska who made a million threes that game. So it was just one of those nights. But I think this team's a little bit more mature and kind of just knows how to play a little bit better. And knowing that what they're running into, I don't think they're going to make the same mistake. So uh, I think they can be close, but it's definitely got to be in the back of their minds. Like, hey, if we aren't on our A game, like, we know what's going to happen here. Maturity came up a lot yesterday in, okay. in talking to players uh, about this game. And when you talk to Coach Fergett, people kind of lose the fact that they were a young team last year. Oh, yeah, for sure. They, mm -hmm. they were just familiar faces that got out on the court. Everybody had different roles last year. And as good as players are, you, you can't expect that to turn into, you know, a cohesive group quite yet. Now they had a whole year to get ready for that game, and, you know, you can't talk about guys being sophomores or, you know, at the end of the year, and you hear that in other sports too. Um, but when you get put in that position for the first time, kind of like what they were, the, the reaction that they had isn't what they wanted. 
and now they've been through that, and you know it's a lot of the, essentially the same guys this year going through the another season, trying to get to that point. Now they're there; they know what they did wrong last year. Doesn't necessarily mean you can correct it if the team is good enough, but you know what you have to try to do. And I think that, and like I said, maturity was thrown thrown around a lot by by a handful of guys that I talked to out there. And I think that they really believe that they're they're ready for this challenge. And Todd's going to have a story about him coming up for our preview section on Thursday. But Terrence Thompson is going to be huge in this game. Yes, because absolutely. That's a great he, call. He has to get Michael Porter. They're six foot nine. He's a sophomore. Foster, right? yeah. yeah, Foster. Michael Foster. Um, yeah, six nine. Kid. Six nine guy. The Division one offers coming yep. and more are going to be coming along the way. Yep. Uh, last year, Thompson did a good job offensively, getting him away from the basket, opening some lanes, and making some shots. But defensively this year, he's got to be a little bit tougher on the boards because when the runs start going the other way, it, a lot of it was a lot of putbacks and then the transition like I talked about before. So Thompson's going to be huge for Central on, on Friday. And he yeah. absolutely has to be tough on the boards because during the mini haha game, he wasn't. He was a little tentative in the paint defensively when it came down to that. So, yeah, uh, Terrence, if he wants to have a – not necessarily coming out party, I don't think that's the right no, no, choice no. of words, but I think he's very, very good. But in order for him to be – on that rise, state stage, at least. on that state on stage. stage, right? He needs to have a big game uh, on the glass too, and I, I'm sure he knows that as well. And we'll see if uh, he, he and the Red Raiders can avenge uh, the Peru Golders coming up at 3:05 Friday at the Cole Center. Now let's uh, uh, transfer over to Division Five as the Cardinals uh, prepare for Columbus Catholic. Columbus Catholic out of the Clover Belt East Conference. Uh, 20 and two record, 16 and 0, perfect in the conference. Other uh, two losses are to Osseo Fairchild and to Marathon. Uh, Bangor, 20 and one, uh, 14 and 0 in the Scenic Bluffs. Their lone loss this season came in mid-December to a comeback win by Blair Taylor. And Coach Peterson on the statewide conference call on Sunday night talked about that game a lot uh, during the conference call and how that was a proverbial wake-up call. And obviously it worked for the Cardinals because they haven't lost since then. But Colton, you went out to Bangor. Uh, Grant Mankey, uh, he's a he's a beast, averaging just over 23.5 a night. Uh, he's going to be um, the key for Bangor, and I'm sure Columbus is honing in on him. What did you notice by going to their practice the other day? You know, it's interesting because Bangor kids just always, just with the success they've had in so many sports lately, Stuff doesn't really rattle them. They know they're going to have a tough game. Uh, Columbus Catholic's a good team. They're very multiple. They've got four guys that are about six foot three, six mm-hmm. foot four, all really lengthy wings. It's tough to dribble drive against them because of that that length, and they're they're balanced. Nobody you know dominates the ball for them. They they share it really well. So Bangor knows it has a tough game defensively coming up, but they're really confident in what they do. And what they've done this season is get the ball to Mankey inside and then let him pass out of it. He's got a rare ability to pass as a big man with a guy that doesn't face up a ton. He's he can put the ball on the ground or on the floor, but he's definitely a back to the basket kind of old school big guy that can score a lot. And his ability to kind of handle the double teams and the triple teams even that are starting to come his way this season and get it out to his shooters or get it out to open people for lanes to the basket. That's really what's kept Bangor together as they've kind of transitioned this whole new lineup around him. Because last year, the state champion team that wasn't really challenged in the state, they had put one of the most dominant runs that D5's ever seen uh, together. But that team was so senior-led, and they had so much talent all over the floor. This year, some of those guys that are their best players you're looking at, uh, Hank Reeder, 
uh, Zane Langreer. Those guys didn't Not play nice. a ton last year. They were <laughs> freshmen, guess, yeah. uh, but I mean, they're sophomores this year. They're playing a lot more. They're starters. They're uh, all conference level players. And because of Mankey and his distribution and other teams' attention on him, he's done a really good job of spreading it out and getting the whole team kind of rallied around him. What I, what I love, absolutely love about Bangor right now, is the fact they got to state last year and they won state. First time they've been in state in decades. Mm-hmm. They've been building to that for three, four, five years. And they were close, close to four. And getting, yeah. and, getting, and then they finally got there and they dominated. So now they got there and they did it. Coach leaves, new coach comes in, bunch of new players on the court, and they just go out and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, there was so much anticipation the first time, and I don't think anybody really thought about them making a, a, a run again this year. And they, they put right. together a great year. The, the loss to Blair Taylor early, they avenged that. Um, so you've beaten the only team that's beaten you this year. Uh, and, and you go and you still get a three seed. Out yeah. of it. I yeah. still don't understand that. Maybe that'll play out when we, when we get there to Madison and we'll, we'll see why the others were ahead of them. But um, I think it'll be a, a good matchup. I just, I, just, I just love this Bangor team because it wasn't one that people really thought too much about, even with Mankey. We saw what Mankey did at State last year. Um, besides him, it's, it's some younger guys. Trevor Jones has played well. Um, but they have younger guys that are coming through and, and really stepping up for them in big games. Lang Greer hits the, the winning shot, has, has another good game in the sectional final, um, and the winning shot against Blair Taylor. Uh, so they're getting, you mentioned Reader, they, they have some good young players with making some great contributions to this team. It's still going to, everything's still going to come down to Mankey. Yeah. And if Mankey doesn't play a great game, Bangor's going to have a really tough time winning the game. That's just that's the way this team is. The thing that I like the most about this Bangor team, and you alluded a little bit to it, Todd, is their adversity. And, and not only during this basketball season, too, you go back to football, they have a new coach in Kevin Kravick. That doesn't, they didn't let that bother them. They had a real good football season. Mm-hmm. Now Coach Peterson comes in, first year, mm-hmm. goes 25, mm-hmm. go, gets one loss, 25 and one. Yep, yep. And it's just it's just unbelievable. So, uh, and I talked a little bit about this with Trevor Jones leading into the football season when Coach Kravick was named the interim football coach, and he basically said it's it's nothing for us, and um, we just we just have to adapt, improvise, and move on. And that's kind of what they've been doing all year. So, a lot of credit to those kids for for not letting coaching changes. An early comeback, devastating loss to Blair Taylor bothered them. So, uh, good job out of out of Bangor from that. I mean, we talk about coaching changes. These are guys that were on the staff, so that they knew. But still, it, it's everything's gonna it's be different. Yeah, they're going to run it's practice a little, a little bit different. They're going to tweak exactly. some things. I mean, just I mean they're they, like everybody but, knew Kravick. Um, he'd been assistant forever. Everybody knew Jake Peterson when he took over. But yeah, things changed a little bit, and it hasn't slowed them down at all. I think the biggest thing for Bangor, uh, I mean, yeah, look, we're going back. I'm going to go back to Mankey here, but his work on the offensive glass, which has just been stellar throughout the year and even last year, that was uh, one of those things that even when Bangor would have an empty possession or kind of have to throw up a, a late shot or whatever ends up being. His ability to to get not only the first jump but the second jump for a ball, and then the the putbacks and the tip ins that he would have, he wouldn't have to land. He, he he would put it right back up, right when he got his hands on the ball, just lay it right back in. And that's rare to see number one from a guy that's as big as he is and as strong as he is to have that coordination, that ability in the air. So I mean, Columbus Catholic has to do a huge, huge work, amount of work to keep him off the glass because. 
if he's just going to keep grabbing rebounds and getting two points for Bangor, that's kind of what they've lived on. Mm-hmm. When the offense isn't there, if somebody puts up an outside shot, they kind of could depend on, you know, probably one out of every four or five of those is going to become an offensive rebound and a putback. So as, as we uh, – yeah. for Columbus Catholic – 25-2 and two overall record. I listened to Coach Konechki on the conference call, and he gave Mankey a lot of credit uh, during the conference call. And why wouldn't you? Because he's averaging 23-13 and 13 a night. I think they realize that they haven't seen somebody like Mankey yet this year. They could have. I don't know. He just made, made it sound like that they haven't seen anyone like Mankey. And when you try to prepare for a player you haven't seen before on the state stage, that can be a little bit hard. But, I mean... But Columbus Catholic doesn't have really that much size, too. They have one five eleven kid and two five ten kids, and Mankey's six four. So maybe Mankey can use that to his advantage, and and he absolutely should. Yeah, I mean they got a couple of six two guys in there, but oh yeah, I see either, that three yeah, six foot guys. All right, they have six two guys. They're, okay, they're, but their their height's not big like Mankey. Mankey's an offensive and yeah, defensive Mankey's lineman solid, for Bangor, yeah. and the, the strength he has. So he definitely just is going to have the. The physicality matchup. Yeah, and no, no. That that was Bangor's. That was my favorite part of watching Bangor State run last year. You go into the post conference or post game media room press conferences, whatever, and these kids from the other teams. You know who was it? Uh, Green Bay, New Lutheran, and then uh, McDonald's McDonald. Catholic. Yeah. Um, they both basically said, yeah, they were they being Bangor were way more physical. They're mm-hmm. all football players. They're way stronger than us, and we just really couldn't handle it. And it was just it was one of those honest moments where you're just like, yeah, that, that's that's the truth right there. Yeah, and, and this team is a bunch of football players too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, that hasn't changed. Exactly, they're just athletes. Mm-hmm. They're not just basketball players. They're athletes, and you could say that for. You may not be able to say that for Central Washington because I'm sure a lot of Washington kids just focus on basketball. But since it's a smaller town, Bangor. Or in Columbus Catholic smaller schools, I, there's no question that they probably focus on uh, other sports as well, and, and as they should. Check out lacrossetribune.com and Thursday's edition for a bunch of um, coverage leading up to the games. Todd will have a story on Central Thompson. Terrence Thompson, and, and, Thompson yep. and a look at the game. Uh, we've got uh, Grant Mankey's story and yep, yep. A, a story on Zane Lang Greer and what yep, he's done. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it'll be two, it should be two full pages in our, our paper on Thursday. You can read that to get all ready for Friday. Uh, get it before you go to Madison and, and check the Lacrosse Tribune website for all that copy. It'll probably be going up Wednesday evening. Yep. Uh, and then Todd will be down in Madison. Down Make sure you follow him on Twitter, Summerfell LAX, uh, all weekend down there covering some st- uh, both these games. And hopefully we get at least one of them through. Yeah, we'll yeah uh, I don't see. want you to have a uh, down there and back just Friday yeah, afternoon. That's no fun. No, let's go to that. No, they both have chances to go win. I think they do too. And uh, you know, people are going to look at the central game and say, I don't know if they can do it, but as long as they can keep it, keep it close and and keep in control, I think they can go there and win this game and and maybe get that shot at at Nicolet that everybody in the state wants. You know. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to knock yeah. off the big monster? Exactly, and that's and Division Two. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Division Two is king this year. Yeah, it was last year too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, th- this is where the the best basketball is being played. It, I'm not trying to slight Division One because we don't have Division One schools, but man, the Division Two has just been loaded the last few years. And and like I said before, I think there should be some really good games. And and Nicolay is that team that everybody's 
you know, kind of shooting to get the, the chance at, and, and Central certainly wants it. Yeah, this, these will be two good games on the D2 side and the D5 side as well. So we're looking forward to your coverage, Todd, on Twitter, on digital, and in print. For uh, Colton Bartholomew and Todd Sommerfeld, I'm Zach James. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.